0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the New York Film Academy Hour. This week we have the coordinator for the alumni department for the Los Angeles campus here in the studio to tell us not only about her film career, but about all the great things she does for the NYFA alumni. Stay tuned.
1: Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies.
0: Hello students and welcome back. I'm Joelle. And I'm Peggy. And we're super excited to be here today with Gabrielle Iguito, uh, who is our alumni coordinator and who also has made a bunch of really amazing films herself, which we're excited to show you the trailers for. Uh, Gabrielle, how are you doing today? Great, great. After that compliment, I'm (laughs) better. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Uh, We're just going to dive right in here and start with the first question that we ask everybody, which is, when did you know that you were in love with cinema? Mm, I think, well, I was very young.
2: I was maybe four or five years old, and I... Went to see Grease.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John. Yes. Dancing yes, on cars. Yes. That'll do it.
2: Yeah, That'll definitely. It. And I loved her at the end when she comes all in black leather. Yes. And, you know, she's, like, rocking. And, yeah, I thought, wow, my God, that's great. <laughs> so you were attracted
0: initially to the spectacle. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I think so. And how did uh those early films kind of shape you if you were in love with Greece and were you you know did you get into musical theater after that were you looking to write your own musicals after that how did it affect you as a filmmaker
2: mm. Uh no, never. I don't <laughs> I don't even watch that many musicals, you know. It's not my style, but I loved I love that one when I was a child. And as a child, I also used to write stories. So I before I I learned how to write, I would draw the stories like each page would be a scene. You were
0: storyboarding your scenes. Yes, yes. <laughs>
2: and then I would tell my mother the story and she would write down what wow. what it was. Yeah. So that's so. how it started. And then when you get older and people you know, I don't know. I it's, it's just something in life that people start to say, oh, well, yeah, that's nice. And um uh you just like think that you're not good enough to do that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so I left that on the side for a long time in my life. And I actually went to be a journalist. Oh wow. Yes. What kind of stuff are you reporting
0: on and where?
2: (laughs) In Brazil. I'm from Brazil. Very cool. So um, there I work on newspaper, like a newsroom for almost two years. We, uh, reporting on economics and yeah. business. Wow, so serious.
1: <laughs> yes,
2: yes, very serious. So, wait, how
0: does someone so creative minded get involved in? I have a lot of creativity in journalism. Yeah, when I hear business, is. I start thinking numbers and then my brain goes to sleep. How'd you get involved in, in reporting on business? I think,
2: well, that's actually something that I chose when I went, uh, when I graduated, I, I, I was offered some jobs. And when I got to this place, uh, this newspaper was the second in the state. And they asked me, where do you want to work? Is it economics? We have openings everywhere. And, and since I, I had good grades, you know, so I was recommended. So I got to choose. And I chose economics. I don't know. I thought it was, like, important. I think, mm. it, well, it's <laughs> super important. Yes. That, it, it sounded, like, so socially relevant. Oh,
0: yeah. And, it's yeah. a good title, too. We were like, what do you do? Oh, I do about <laughs> economics. That's very fancy.
3: So then what was your first job in the film industry after you did journalism? Um...
2: I work on some uh, short films back in hometown, but always, like, not... We did a a, a short film in which we had, like, three or four directors. It was... I I didn't direct, actually. I had my name on the credits, but that's not directing. (laughs) And, yeah, and then I got to... So that was before the journalism... Um, oh okay. Yeah, before and that. then I went to graduate in journalism because in, in my hometown we also didn't have film schools, so it was something and nobody makes money out of that sure. there, uh, so that's why I did journalism because it's also telling stories in a different like real stories, mm-hmm. and but it's also writing and stuff like that that I love, and um, so but I. Uh, parallel to that, I kept studying. So I studied a lot of screenwriting, a lot of books, and all the workshops that I could find I always did. But it came to a point in my life when I was making a lot of money, but I wasn't happy because I wanted to do filmmaking.
4: Mm-hmm. And
2: that's when I saved for many years and I decided to, to study at Naifa.
4: So that's how I came
2: in 2010. Uh, to do a eight-week workshop. What made you choose Naifa? I saw... Um, well, I traveled to Europe, and I saw the ad on a subway in Paris, <laughs> and I was very impressed. <laughs> and then, um, I, I think a year later, uh, Naifa actually went to Sao Paulo, where I was, I was living, mm-hmm. and they did a workshop with uh, the director that is the son of... of The Star Trek guy? I forgot his name. Leonard
0: Nimoy's son? Yes, yes, Yes,
2: exactly, exactly. And when I I watched that presentation, I was like, oh, my God, this is exactly what I need. What is missing? And so I came. And also because I wanted, I had so much, uh, studied so much the theory side, and Mm. I wanted to practice it. So the hands-on aspect of the school really sold, mm-hmm. was sold to me, and I was like, yeah, that's I it. I feel like
0: we find that to be the case with a lot of people that come in here. if They've, like, spent their whole lives, like, reading about film or watching film yeah. or talking about film, uh, and it gives you a space where you can start actively creating movies, which is really exciting. Totally. You yes. mentioned you started with an eight-week film writing, or mm-hmm. filmmaking workshop. Yes. Um, and you made this great film, Synergy. Uh-huh. Can you tell us what Synergy is about? Yes. Yeah, so that's when I used
2: my knowledge in business. And I created, this is a story, and it's, it's um, a story that is only on one room because that's one of the things that uh, the instructor told me. You should try to create something with not not, not many locations because you won't have time to do that. And you should concentrate on the story, on the characters, and then just try to bring everything in. So it's uh, a woman and a guy, they are from different companies and the companies are merging together. And they both have the same uh, position on those Mm. companies and they are competing for a promotion. Uh And so they got stuck in a room on a Sunday, and they are waiting for the boss
0: to come, and they do their presentations in order to get the job. I wonder if we could check out the Synergy trailer. Because it was pretty boss. I enjoyed watching it, and I thought you were able to pull some really great performances from your actors. Let's take a look.
1: Oh. Hi, Constantine. Didn't know you'd be here. Mr. Navarro asked me to come here today, Amelia. It's the big day. The big day. Excuse me, is this the conference room? Oh my God, we're stuck. I must walk from the outside. So you're both (laughs) regional managers? Really? And who has the best chances? Me. me. Me? (laughs) I know how to boost sales. I can cut costs and improve profit. I know how to motivate people. I don't like to brag about myself. I'm not a control freak. I'm a blabbermouth. I'm married. And my wife loves me very,
3: very
0: much. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, I love watching people devolve. That's super funny.
3: So what inspired this story?
0: Um, I had this idea for quite, it was,
2: I, um, there was a competition in Brazil, like screenplays and they had a set of rules and one of them was to create something that I wasn't in a room with three characters and stuff like that. So when this uh, the eight week program was, uh, I had to do the final film. I remember this, but the story that I had was on an elevator. Oh, yeah, and the elevator was so expensive
0: to to rent for Wait, the what? shooting. you would think that would be so. Like I've seen people get whole rooms or buildings for just a couple hundred. How much do they want to charge you to rent an elevator? Well, it was because
2: it's it's an elevator that has detachable walls, so you can place the yeah. camera. Several places, and only the deposit was three thousand dollars.
3: Wow, that's for tall.
2: students!
0: What? <laughs> so you and said, I said student- no,
2: I'm gonna change to a, a room, a room. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yes, yes, so that's how, we, and I did the casting and everything. What was the most
0: challenging part of making the film?
2: I think it was because I have an ever direct well i had directed some short films during the program but they are more simple and this one i wanted to come back to go back to brazil and make a good impression mm-hmm. so this would be my calling card so i actually hired people i didn't work just with the classmates so i hired people and i got professional actors and uh the ag kept like pushing me like pressuring you what's the next scene and what is this but um it wasn't that bad. I mean, I wasn't, like, super nervous. It, it was just, like, it had to be made very fast. And we shot in two days. Wow. Uh, and just eight hours each
0: each day. The did final. You didn't even do full 12-hour days? My goodness. Yeah. That's a really fast turnaround. How did yes. it feel mm-hmm. coming out of it? Because I know after directing my first, I was, like, excited but, like, exhausted. And then... I feel like I had used all of my energy on set. Like I didn't save anything for post cuz I didn't think I would need it. And then I got to post I was so exhausted and they were like, "All right, let's go. We're we'll start cutting now." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, there's still so much work to do." How did you feel coming out of uh, production and especially moving into post-production?
2: Hmm. I no, I didn't feel uh, The thing is, I realized that what I wanted to do with my life was really directing. So when I'm on set, it's just like heaven. It's just I feel like I'm in, on the right place on the right time. It's like a connection to something divine.
3: Wow. That's so. an
0: incredible.
2: I love yeah. that description. <laughs> <Definitely. Yeah. laughs>
3: so you got a scholarship for this film and then you yes. returned and did the one year mm-hmm. filmmaking mm-hmm. program. Okay. So one thing that was funny
2: when, when I finished, I edited the film too. And I started to show people and they started to ask, but did you write this? But did you direct this? And I, I got really mad because people were like, they 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 didn't trust that I could do something. So they were like, like second that. guessing you. And, yes, wow, yes, I felt rude. very bad. Yeah, but then a course. friend of mine told me that's because it's very good. So you did just a eight week program. So how can you have such a? And and actually, people after like some instructors told me that my film was. Uh, had a better level that, than some of the thesis films from the one year.
0: Wow. So that
2: was why. And I was like, oh, okay, so now I like it. Yeah, and that, <laughs> that must people have been a, ask me. a great
3: feeling to have jumping into the one year. You know, uh-huh. you're sort of on this high coming in. Yeah. Did that affect sort of how you yeah. went through the so, year?
2: So, that's, so I show the, the shorts to the direction of the school. And they like it. And then they offered me the mm-hmm. scholarship I didn't think I was going to get. But at the end of the eighth week, I felt that I needed more practice mm-hmm. to really merge my knowledge of film, like the theory, with the practice. So I wanted more. But mm-hmm. I didn't have money anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's how I got the talent-based scholarship that's uh, awesome. for the one-year program. And so a week after I finished eight week, I was already in class again at the one-year program. I
0: love how many people come back for multiple. They're like, no, I just
3: got a taste, and now I need more. You do so much, and you're like, if I did so much in such a short time, a year would be golden. Definitely.
0: So what is that year like for you? Like, take us through like the eight-week program is pretty straightforward like you do mm-hmm. a little bit of practicing and then you're gonna make your short afterwards uh the year is definitely more intensive uh NYFA is very much known as you mm-hmm. mentioned earlier for not just being hands-on but for kind of being a career as a student there's not a lot of time to do other things you spend a lot of time in the classroom a lot of time working on your projects what was that year like for you heaven. <laughs> <laughs> because I was doing all, what I love to do all the time. So you so know, that never went home and you're like, oh gosh, I'm so tired. How am I going to do the next six months of this? Or, oh gosh, I can't believe we have like eight assignments to do this week. That feeling never watched over you? You were always just super excited about it? No,
2: I was excited. Of course, you get tired because it's like 10 hours a day of classes and then you still have to do the homework for the yeah. next day <laughs> and you don't have almost any day of the week to, to rest, really. But it's so exciting at the same time.
3: So the, yeah. the next film that you did was uh, called Stuffed?
2: Yeah actually stuffed is my thesis film from the one year program okay. and uh, taken for granted which is the other film it was the first semester but okay. I released it afterwards after stuffed so my the first film that I sent to two festivals was synergy mm-hmm. but it wasn't like too I didn't send to submit to many places but stuffed I thought it would be a better choice. Like, I I could have more chances of winning. Tell us about Stuffed. Yeah. What happens in that film? So, that film was, um, it's based, it's adapted from a short story from a writer from Brazil that I actually know. He was my creative writing teacher. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yes. So, I didn't have any ideas for my thesis film because the thing is, I, I think I put the... I tried to make it always everything better, better, yeah. better. And um so I didn't I was like n- none of the stories were good enough, you
0: know? <laughs> yeah. I like
2: For that. Me, like oh my god, I I have no ideas and stuff like that. so I I wrote to him and I said, "Hey, do you have short stories that I could adapt? And he sent me five. I chose that one. When I read it, I was like, oh, my God, this is everything that I want to do in my life because I love uh, noir movies. And this is a private eye story. Yeah. yeah. So it's very new noir. And I could, and it has all the cynicism and the sarcasm, and it's a thriller. And uh, I just loved it because it's so like it draws so much from noir
0: movies from the the 50s it really does let's take a look at this trailer because this one was fun and a little creepy
1: (laughs) my partner i believe he's stealing from me i just don't know how frankly i didn't see it coming wild
4: and unpredictable stuff happens After centuries of experience,
1: I still can't figure out exactly what triggers that. This and you have to shape up! In my business, I try to remain uninvolved. I'm not paid to care about anybody. But I can't help feeling responsible for what
4: happens, you know?
3: no right to ask you this but i do ask you please don't tell anyone
1: what there's more (laughs) wild and unpredictable stuff does happen
0: that's so great yeah talk to me a little bit about the casting process for this
2: so, yeah, the the story, let me just tell you the, the story. So it's the private eye, he's hired by this guy that has an advertising agency to find out if the partner is is embezzling from the company. And then a lot of unexpected things happen. <laughs> and the casting, well, uh Phil Myler is he's Brazilian, actually. Hmm. Yeah, he doesn't have an accent, right? He's amazing. And he's, he's a known actor in Brazil. And I met him, him on another shooting that I did here. I was a script supervisor uh, on a short film. And I met him. And so when I saw this character, I thought of him and I invited him. But Private Eye, Stephen Bartlett, is the one. It was a very hard process to do. I, had, um, I looked through 3,000 headshots. Wow! on all the casting websites that have actors wow. and then I invited 20 actors to the audition so it wasn't an open audition and from those ones I I chose Steven he was when
0: he answered I said well that, that's him wow. I always think <laughs> casting is such an interesting part of the filmmaking process because mm-hmm. it usually happens very fast and so much of the film depends on getting mm-hmm. that part right Uh, What were you looking for as you were picking your 20 guys to come in? I didn't want pretty guys
2: and pretty and young guys Mm -hmm. because the the thing, the character of um, the private eye, he actually he's something else in the story, too, because this this uh, this the short story is based on a famous uh, classic novel in Brazil called The Devil to Paint in the Backlands," So from there, you you kind of have an idea where the character is going. Yeah. Um, so I didn't want a, a pretty guy and, and everything like that. And it was more like how to deliver the lines. The way that I imagine, when he read it, it, it was just...
3: It, he got exactly what I wanted. That's so cool to yeah. have, like your imagination just come to life in front of yes. you, and you're like, "That's it." I like, yes, that. that's the magic of filmmaking.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you guys have any time to do rehearsals, and if so, how did we that work? We did uh, table readings. Okay, just w- multiple table readings. I think two, two. Yes. And did you feel, as a director, that that got everybody where they needed to be, or was it? You know, it gave you an idea of where to start once you got on set. Uh, no, I think the way that I work with the
2: actors, I explain the characters to them. Mm-hmm. Like, how are they feeling that way? What they're going through on that scene. So I don't tell the actor, you should say this line this way. You right. Know? They they get to, to that place. By the way, that I describe it. And sometimes they actually do it better than I imagine. So I love the process of collaborating, and they bring me stuff that is a lot better
1: mm-hmm.
0: sometimes. That's
1: incredible. Most
2: of the times, I think, when you have a good actor on set, yes, that's what happens.
0: Right. Was there anything specific that they were able to surprise you with that maybe really stands out? Or was there maybe a scene or a moment in the film where you were like, dang, this is really hitting it? Like, they're, they're doing so much more than I had pictured? I think well when I saw
2: everything together, like the dialogues with uh, Phil and Steven, um, it was very good. When I saw it the first time, I was like, because it's it was very hard to adapt. Because we think, oh, the story is already, uh, it's something that I adapt. But no, I changed scenes. I created new scenes because the, the short story is all in the first person. So it's all the perspective of the private eye. Oh. So it doesn't have a lot of stuff. That it's uh, so uh, the film starts with Phil Myler, the, the character of Phil Myler, jumping from a, a roof. Wow. Jumping from the building. And that was the end of the story. So, mm-hmm. and I added other things as well.
0: I cannot wait to watch this movie. Yeah. It sounds so
2: exciting. Yes. <laughs> and it's, it's funny because people say, like, that doesn't feel like a story directed by a woman. Which is,
3: like... makes me so angry. Catherine Bigelow is right there
0: making, like, masculine movies all the time right. and still being a very feminine woman. Like, uh-huh. I don't understand why this is such a hard concept. Like, a woman understands, like, the language of men? Like, yeah, we've been preached it our entire lives. Like, yeah. we see it consistently. Foolishness. Yeah. I think it's because it's tough, you know. It has,
2: like, scenes that are impactful. So they... I don't know. Sometimes people have the impression that a woman is more... I don't know, a more, more romantic, more, <laughs> yeah. Because there is even like sexual harassment in the story.
0: Which who would so. know more about that? Yeah, right. I just, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Women are like, yeah, yeah. doing all day. That's yeah. just so weird to me.
4: <laughs> um,
0: but interested to hear what you learned from this experience, um, and and did making this film change you as a filmmaker at all?
2: Change me? I think I. It was my opportunity to put everything together at the end of the one-year program, like mm. everything that I had learned. Because, in fact, on the set, I I was commanding 50 people. So it's like a lot of people and uh, to feed and to see all the aspects. I, of course, I had a producer to help me, mm-hmm. but I was producing myself as well. So that... Oh, and there was like so many things, so... I had to actually postpone the shooting because the production designer that I had, she jumped out of the the production like two days before, and she hadn't done the things that she was supposed to do, and that's why she left, and so I had things like that because uh, that was uh, shot on South Central LA, so it was um, a loft, like a huge loft, and I had to build walls and to do the sets and bring in the furniture and everything, so it was complicated wow. I think wow. to do you know and we had to work also since we had lights and all the, the gear but we didn't have as like super super because the, this wasn't a short film that was too expensive you okay. know and um, so we worked with uh, daily light because okay, the, yeah. the loft had like huge windows, but that was also a challenge for the DP to mm-hmm. coordinate that stuff. And you got to match the light yes, out. definitely. Yes. And all the scenes had to be on exact hour shooting. I'm seven. picturing a lot of bounce boards, but
0: yeah. like a lot of like just force the natural light, yeah. push it up as
2: much as you can. Yes, and also on the scenes that were supposed to be night, we had to cover all the windows. Oh, my gosh. So I had to buy buy tons of uh, uh, trash bags, Mm -hmm.
0: the black ones, and cover it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. What an ordeal. Yes. This film, uh, we saw all the laurels in the trailer. Uh, Mm -hmm. What was your festival plan? Like, you had mentioned a little bit earlier with, um, I'm so sorry, uh, uh, Synergy, that Mm -hmm. you had, you know, you planned a couple of festivals that you wanted to send it to but this it seems like you kind of ran the whole gauntlet of festivals how did you plan to send this out
2: Um, well I did a list at first I, I mean I was showing the film to my friends and, and people like the instructors and everyone was like oh. This film is so amazing. I love it. And we had, you know, the final screening at Warner as mm-hmm. our graduation. And everybody was like, oh, my God, your film seems like a real film. Oh, <laughs> That's the best
0: compliment, right? Absolutely. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whenever somebody says, oh, that doesn't look like a student's film. You're like, yes, I did yes. it. Finally. <laughs> I'm a real filmmaker now. <laughs> but
2: I sent to all like the big festivals and... The first 20 responses that I got was a no. Oh, wow. It was rejected by 20 festivals. <laughs> Up front, right in a row. Yes, yes, yes. So then I sat down and said, uh, I must be doing something wrong because if the film is good, why is not being accepted? And then I started to study about that. So the thing is, it's a genre film. It's a thriller and it's very specific. It's new noir. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't not uh the big festivals they are interested in uh, another kind of movies another kind of films mm-hmm. so i started to submit to right places and then i i got f- five or six six awards with it and uh, three or four nominations that's
0: incredible and then i
2: started like to win in a row like yeah, every, a festival, yeah. every festival every w- festival it was accepted and got an award i was like oh okay so cool. now i understand
0: <laughs> persistence is always yeah. key most definitely um i'm sorry you... no no go ahead, no, go ahead. <laughs> um i wanted to talk to you a little bit about the process of going from being a student to working for NIFA. how did that happen um,
2: so I did, uh, after the one year program, mm-hmm. I did the OPT, which mm-hmm. all the international students can apply for. Mm-hmm. And uh, part I'm of sorry, the what time, is the OPT? The OPT, it's optional practical training. And it's uh, a permit, a special permit that the US government gives to international students so they can work for 12 months after their graduation oh, okay. in the field that they graduate how does one apply for that? I mean, I know the application personally, oh, but. Yes, yeah. yes. You go to the international department and they do mm-hmm. everything for you.
0: Oh, excellent. Yes. Yeah. I like easy. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> uh, hey,
2: I
3: want to stay. Okay. <laughs> Done. <laughs> yes.
2: So, yeah. and then you are able to work either with payment or without payment, but either way, it's work. And so mm-hmm. I work on some projects outside of the school. But I wanted to also I I was out of cash. Oh no! <laughs> so I started to work at NIFA first as um, Brazil Outreach, because I had a blog during that time um, called Brazilian Girl in LA.
0: Oh nice. That's where cool.
2: I told all my adventures, like uh, the the classes and all the stuff. So a lot of people were looking into it yeah. uh, to have an idea how it was to study at NIFA. Sure. And um, so I started to do that process, that um, of doing kind of admissions, but it was also it was just like me telling me my experience doing that in Portuguese to Brazilians, <laughs> yes. you know. For, and also I was managing uh, social media for Brazil from NAIFA. But that was for a year, and then after that I left because my visa. My OPT expired, and then mm-hmm. I applied for an artist visa, but then I didn't work at NIFA for a long time. And last year, they called me back. Um, I, uh, they wanted to do the Alumni Association, mm-hmm. mm. and that's how we discussed uh, to, so I could come back and create that for all over the
0: world, not just for Los Angeles. Excellent. Awesome. Becca, is the original video working The one that was pulled up in the deck? Because if that one is, I think we can roll that. I had uh, our media department put together, like, a highlight reel of some of the alumni who have graduated telling their stories, and I was hoping, if we can, to screen it. I just think it's really cool to see, like, all the stuff that the alumni are doing. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Um, Tell me a little bit about, like what you're hoping to do with the alumni like you get this job it's a new position what are gabby's goals for the alumni program
2: well i want to bring everyone together because you know the majority of our students are international Mm -hmm. and uh, although some of most of them stay for the opt after that finishes they go back to their countries and they kind of lose touch with the Nifa community mm. I mean they receive emails and stuff like that but th- we don't have a, a networking platform and that's what my that was my first girl, goal and I'm working on that now to create this I'd worldwide seen the images coming yes. along, it looks so good. <laughs> the worldwide platform, so it's going to be like a face, a private Facebook just for NIFA people. Great, Definitely. with uh, yeah, and also we will have job leads and all the events that are happening. We can create uh, groups for each uh, part of the world. Oh, wow. So even in the countries that uh, countries in. That we don't have a, a naifa representative or a naifa campus, we can have a group there of alumni, and wow. that way I, I hope that we can work more together. You know,
3: definitely, because if there's a whole bunch of Brazilians who go back to Brazil, they can stay in touch and make films there together or, you know, work on projects. And even
2: if they they are they are doing, I don't know, a feature film or something like that, it's different to work with people from NIFA because, you know, what kind of education. Yep. The they best. got the best you're already speaking so, the same language you know yes, definitely. what's gonna happen on
0: the set yep. people know exactly what they're doing right. it's totally different well let's check out this reel of some of our amazing alumni
4: hello my name is jong man kim i'm alumni from new york film academy I'm on Love on Netflix, season two on episode 10 and 11. My character is Victor. He's a famous action movie director. It's incredible. This is based on my experience from NAIFA. NAIFA teachers, they taught me a lot. Audition technique, acting for film, minor technique. The great thing is they are working actors. They're gonna teach you how you can use this theory or technique on set. Margaret. We had a lot of chance to be in front of the camera, right? That experiencing itself, that gave me my foundation to be an actor in Hollywood.
1: My name is Konkana Chakravarti and I'm from India. I am a documentary filmmaker and I came to New York Film Academy to study masters in acting. Before Naifa, I wanted to make a film, it's a documentary about violence against women. In India, almost all the goddesses that we pray to are women. So my documentary was like, when men pray to goddesses, then why do they prey upon women? this famous Bollywood actor from India, Sir Amitabh Bachchan. I met him before, like twice, and I'm like, sir, I'm making a documentary, which is Violence Against Women. Would you like to be a part of it? He was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and the night I filmed him, he wrote an entire blog on me. Then, I mean, it was just the media people, and they just brought it to a different height, and now it's like in festivals, and the level that it achieved, I never thought it would. I had my bachelors in filmmaking, so I really wanted to learn something which I want to. When you perform, and when you have the audience in front of you, oh my God. Because of Naifa, I was introduced to the platform of theater theater is i feel so much more similar like documentary filmmaking i think that was the connecting point that made me realize that i love this form it's just fascinating theater is the best i think because i love documentary so much it's the truth you know when you're trying to capture a moment what's there it's there if you miss it you just go on with that and that's theater so that's the thrill i think i love it Just like the documentary changed me, acting changed me, I can say to sum it up, it made me a better human being. It just became another option for a career because I am madly in love with it. Yeah, I love it. Hi, my
3: name is Abby Sajczyk and I'm in the BFA Acting for Film program. I really like Pixar movies and I also just really like cartoons. I've been able to work and figure out how to use different parts of my voice. My alter ego's name is Lily. There's a giant acting
2: program and there's a giant filmmaking program, but right now I'm going to talk to you about the acting program. I really
4: just want to be known to be like a Pixar movie and be like, I was in that. If somebody recognizes you 17 years later after you did something in your childhood, then you know it's big. That was my first big project and it gave me everything. I worked with Shah Khan, it was directed by Karan Johar. It was a huge movie and then I started working a couple of commercials, TV shows, and then I stopped. So I took a sabbatical for a very long time. That let me also concentrate on my studies. I started working again when I was 18. Then I decided to study acting. That's when I looked up NYFA in 2011. I'm going to be an actor, and I'm going to go study and do my one-year grad, it was all set. And then I randomly auditioned for Student of the Year on the side again. Five days before flying out for New York Film Academy, I got Student of the Year. So after that film, I did Dancing with the Stars, and I did Fear Factor. I did a lot of stuff for MTV. I had my own show. Now I want to go back to NYFA. (laughs) Hi, I'm Sana Said and I'm studying in New York Film Academy. I'm doing the acting and the filmmaking programs. When I came here and I saw my schedule, wow, I don't have time for anything. We had homework that was like, go home and study your monologue and come back the next day and write your own monologue. The teachers here really want you to grow and they really want you to be good at what you love to do. We shot a lot in the Universal Backlot. Wow, like we're on the set of Desperate Housewives. I love the stage classes because that taught me a lot of learning how to get into different roles because I'm really big on people like Meryl Streep. I came here for acting, but I know that I've taken more back home from filmmaking. As an actor now, it helps me knowing what the director is expecting of me. And as a filmmaker, it helps me because I know now what the actor expected of me. The main thing that I actually learned is storytelling. You can be the best director, but if your story isn't working for you, nothing is going to work for you. There's so much hands-on practical that I've done that there's no way I'm forgetting this because I've done it. Now I can be in front of camera, I know how to operate the camera, I know how to edit. Four weeks I have a film that's made by me, like that's amazing. <laughs> So those are some of our
0: really amazing, incredible standout alumni who've just been doing amazing things. And one of the things I think is so interesting that you've started is you're now doing a screening once a month where we're essentially spotlighting an alumni. Mm -hmm. How did you get this idea? And what was your hope in in bringing the alumni back to NYFA?
2: Well, that's something that we discussed with the Dean of Students, Kelly Gardner and we wanted to have something that was that has a, a, a that was like a, a once a month not like something that when it comes up we do mm. it you know so we wanted to create a habit of, of, of gathering the alumni and also students because students also go to the alumni screening and it's interesting to see like uh, it's like seeing you in five years, you in 10 yeah. years, yep. ha- where you can uh, get with the education that we get there. Mm. So it's sharing the hacks of of the the industry, w- how you can do stuff. So to d- today, to this night, for instance, we're going to have Daniel Lusco. Yes. And yes, he is on, he's producing now, producing and directing his third feature. And he graduated at NIFA 10 years ago, so 2007. So now it's 2017, and he already has two features on his resume, and he's working with stars and studios on this next film of his. Very nice.
3: And he's going
0: to share all the the details tonight uh, with the audience. It starts at 7 p.m., so in two hours, at the Riverside Building um, in the theater on the second floor. Mm -hmm. If you guys want to come check that out, definitely do. Um, What I find kind of incredible about this, I was at the last one where we had the guy who was in Death Note on Netflix. Uh, who is one of the tallest character actors in the world. He's, what, seven feet? Yeah, he's six, six-five, something. He is two, like, too, like it's very tall, man. He's very yeah. tall. Uh, yes, And he's yes. very slim, and he plays all these really cool creatures and yes. stuff. Oh, and it was so cool, cool because he didn't want to leave afterwards. <laughs> like, he was in the garage talking to students as security was closing the building, uh, giving them advice, like, giving them his phone number, being like, reach out to me, like, talk to me, Aww. um... We have another kid, um, Ryan, who's very tall, and he was giving him advice on how to break into the industry so he could do the exact same thing. I think that that's incredibly valuable, especially for someone who's just had their big break. We have a lot of big stars who come in and they talk about kind of making your way through the industry. And all of the information you can get is valuable uh, when you're entering mm-hmm. entertainment. But to hear a guy who just been cast in his first major role be like, here's what I did. I worked out every single day, and then I would just walk into casting offices and be like, hey, here's my stuff. Do you like it? Yeah. Maybe pick me. That kind of really exciting energy made it feel possible and tangible that everyone in that room could have a job within a year. Um, yes. And I think that that's a hard energy to capture. And so it made me really value... Uh, these screenings, what have you come to learn from attending these screenings or hosting these screenings? Um, that's exactly what you said so perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, to create
2: that sense of community. Yes. That's my goal, you know, yeah. because it's 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 a story. it's someone that comes, but it's also someone that went through the same steps as us that study there. So it's kind of, it's our people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Our family, something like that. So I think that's very important to create. That's that's what is going to last.
3: Absolutely. You know. Are you that working sense. on any projects yourself next? Or?
2: Uh, yes, I'm writing some things. Um, I don't. I still haven't decided if it's going to be a feature or a TV series. But yes, um, yeah, Exciting. and it's going to be something different because now that I lived so many years here, I have a different uh, view of the culture, and I can I can talk about that because yes. when I came here, it was like a the idea that I had uh, about uh, American movies mm-hmm. and the idea that I had about American culture. And now I can, I think, talk from a place that is, is
3: different. First-hand experience now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so, I'm so excited, excited. <laughs> to see that. I love...
0: Uh, hearing other voices look at America and yes. see they say the best comedians are Canadian because they are not from America but they understand it very well right. so we're looking forward to your film when it Thank comes you out you need to tell us so we can have you come back and we can talk about the process of making that. is it going to be a feature or a short not feature. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We're going hear all about you making your first feature. <laughs> that's yes, that's exciting. what I need. <laughs> yeah. Gabrielle, thank you so much for joining thank us today. You. It was so lovely having you in the studio. Guys, come back next week, and we're going to have NYFA alumni here. Super excited to talk about his – believe this is his first feature he was a cinematographer it just had a great run at the lemley uh in encino uh right. so you definitely want to come check out all of his knowledge hear what he has to say um about his film slip away until then i've been joelle i've been pega and uh this was the knife hour we'll see you guys next week
1: from producers maria Manunos, kevin undergaro phil svitek and the entire popcorn talk network